morning. Welcome to Pigeon Post. My name is Michael. And uh, I thought I would do a very short series of devotionals. Um, usually I do things for a broader reason. Uh, we went through the Gospel of John. I'm trying right now to go through uh, just kind of explaining the Gospel using um, these colors that I learned when I was little. Um, yellow for the glory of God. Uh, black for the sinfulness and darkness of man. Uh, and then red for the Redeemer, Jesus. And white for the new birth in Christ, salvation. And then um, blue for uh, baptism, being brought into the church. Um, and what's uh, next? Green for growth. And once again, yellow for the glory of God, so that everything starts and ends with God. Um, so that's what I'm working on, but. I really need a Bible in front of me to kind of go through those things because I want to reference quite a few passages of Scripture. Um, so I was thinking, you know, what can I do right now on the way to work? I have about two weeks, probably less than two weeks. Um, so we might not even get to five or ten of these. <laughs> but uh, enough time to make it worthwhile. Um, you know, I often want to leave a little devotional for my kids and my wife and sometimes I've ended up doing that on my lunch break uh, making a video or um, something like that leaving it you know sending it to them but I thought you know why not just do a devotional off the top of my head um, <clears throat> and send it out so that more people can get the benefit from it I especially have our extended family in mind. Uh, we're getting to, to visit with family uh, this month. Uh, all kinds of family. <laughs> and I thought it'd be nice to have some, just plant some seeds there that we can talk about and share together. Um, as a family, we're having a really, we're in a really difficult season. Um, my wife has been chronically ill for over 15 years and she's seeing um, some some healing happen uh, just based on kind of knowing what's going on and knowing how to change her situation and God has brought us through uh, some really difficult times um, but he's been really faithful in that uh, but that is definitely affecting the whole family. Um, there's a lot of stress and strain on all of us. Um, uh, financially, emotionally, um, just physically with sleep, deprivation, and um, having to ask each other to do all kinds of things. Um, and everyone has been so great and loving about it. But I know that it can wear on us. And, um, and also with the, the kind of health 
concerns that we're dealing with as a family, it is affecting more than just my wife. Um, sometimes those things create emotional and mental effects uh, without going into what the actual health situation is in this episode, but you know, when we encounter those things, it's not that they're non-spiritual. It's not that it's purely this uh, physical thing that's causing this emotional reaction. Um, but it's also not that it's purely spiritual. And so I think it's really important that we are grounded in God's Word so that we can um, know what's happening to us and know what the proper response is when, um, when we're feeling certain emotions. Um, like anxiety, which we're talking about today, tends to be one of those. And, you know, God's Word is, is powerful, and it accomplishes what it's sent out to do. So just because emotional responses may be created in all kinds of ways, by our situations, by some physical stimuli or health concern, um, I'm probably talking over the head of my kids now, so I'm going to try to get back to <laughs> something they can understand. Um, anyway, we need the Lord. Amen. Right? We need the Lord every day, every hour, every second. And I hope that my kids will always remember that life is 100% worship. We are always, there's never a time <clears throat> Sorry, I'm a little stuffy here. There's never a time when we're not worshiping someone or something. Never. Life is all worship. And I, one of the big mistakes I think we can make is to think that we only worship on Sunday and everything else is practical. And so that's one of the challenges I think that we face. Um, uh, I know in my family and maybe in your family as well is that when, when the practical needs kick in, you know, are we still um, digging into the Word and worshiping and singing? Um, because God sings over us too, right? He, re he rejoices over us with singing. And uh, I'm glad that verse popped into my head because I'll try to link that to something in a second. But um, let's uh, pray together and... I'm going to recite the Lord's Prayer and maybe just take a line of that. I didn't really rehearse anything here, so um, I just kind of know a couple scriptures that I want to go to. So um, let's just come before the throne of grace together and, um, and seek God's face. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 
our Father who art in heaven, our Father who is in heaven, holy, holy, holy is your name. God, there is nobody who is like you, and your name is holy. It's not a light thing. You're not a myth, and there is no one that comes close to what you are. You are the creator of all things. You made everything by speaking. You said, let there be, and what you made was very good. Lord, you're also our sustainer. You hold all things together through Christ by the word of your power so that the universe would fall apart. Our bodies would just fall apart. The mountains would, would crash down into nothing. Birds would fall out of the air. Our cars would stop driving. You hold all things together by the word of your power. This is a grace that you give to the whole world that no one deserves. It's life. You are the sustainer of life. You didn't just start the universe. You keep it going. And Lord, let us glorify you today because you are holy. All right, so um, I think we'll look at a verse or a chapter um, each time we do this out of the Psalms and then probably a verse out of the New Testament. I think that's just the simplest way to do it for now since it's off the top of my head. I don't have a Bible in front of me. So I'm thinking about what do I know? Um, I know Psalm 23. I think I do. <laughs> Let's see. The Lord is my shepherd, or Yahweh is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now there's so many ways that we could apply the Psalms, but I think we should always tend toward the most obvious way. In John 10, Jesus said that he is the good shepherd. So Jesus is Yahweh. Yahweh is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So Jesus shares that name that is holy, holy, holy. And he's our shepherd. Now let me ask you, is your good shepherd going to lead you through the valley of the shadow of death? Is he going to lead you through difficult, dark times? Yes. Yes, God is in complete control 
of our suffering. And I think a lot of the, a lot of times we don't have the language for that. So, um, some of us just, some of us want to say, um, God, uh, ordained or God made this happen to you. And then some of us want to really tone that down and just say, God's allowing it to happen. But I think, um, and, and I didn't try to come up with it. I'm just kind of, as we're looking at this Psalm, it's like, it looks like uh, the Lord as a shepherd, um, instead of using phrases like cause or allow, uh, which I think are valid in their own right, um, look at what the Psalm says, that he leads us like a shepherd, right? He is leading us through the valley of the shadow of death. Could he have taken another way? Yes. But the Lord Jesus is choosing to lead you through whatever you're going through right now. I think that's important to believe. I think it's important to believe that God is not the shadow of death, right? God is not the author of evil. And yet God is choosing to lead us through darkness, the shadow of death, right? Things that we would, um, we would not want to happen or things that we might even say, you know, the devil is causing this in your life. I know that when we were going through a hard time, somebody told us that. And I'm sure they were well-meaning, but that's that whole story is for another episode. But the devil is not in control of your life, dear Christian. <laughs> that's ridiculous. The devil is not in control of your life. Jesus is your shepherd if you are a believer. If you're not a believer, yeah, maybe the devil is, is in control of your life. But if you are a believer... The Lord Jesus is your shepherd, and he does, as the Psalms say, lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. But let's go back and look at why he's doing that. First of all, the Psalm starts off by saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake saying he, he does this, he does this. It's not quite a prayer yet, right? But then it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Now right there on the surely goodness and mercy part, he says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You could say he changes back to, um, I'm horrible at English, but second person, I guess. But, no, third person. I don't know. <laughs> but he changes back to talking about God. He, um, but in the time when he's in the valley of the shadow of death, he's talking to God. So when you are going through hard things, Emma, Ezra, my, my children, or whoever else is listening to this, our family, 
or just stranger on the internet who's listening to this. If you are in Christ, when you are going through hard times, Jesus is leading you through it. And as the psalmist stops talking about God and talking to God, the same thing happens to us. It deepens our prayer life. We run to God. So I would encourage you to run to God today. So that's probably enough. Maybe we'll go back to Psalm 23 tomorrow or whenever we do the next one. I don't really have a set thing here. Um, But that was the point that I wanted to bring out there. That God, that Jesus is a good shepherd. And he does lead us through the valley of the shadow of death. And this should not cause us to fear. The psalmist says, I will fear no evil. Okay, so what is the link to the New Testament here besides John 10? Well, if I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, I'm afraid, right? It's a natural response. I'm afraid, I'm discouraged, I'm anxious. But in Philippians it says, um, I think it's Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Um, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and petition, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. Nothing. I shall not want, right? You want for nothing. There's nothing that you need that your good shepherd is not giving you. And there's nothing that you should be anxious about because your good shepherd is with you. Don't be anxious. It's a command of scripture. Don't be anxious. And you might be thinking, well, how? I can't help it. Well, what does it say? Be anxious for nothing but. So it gives you something to do or something to think. But in everything, every single thing, by prayer and petition, or supplication, asking God to supply what you need. Let your request be made known to God. The things that are we're anxious about, we are supposed to bring those to God and just tell Him, God, I'm anxious about this. I'm anxious about how are we going to pay our rent? You know, I'm getting docked at work, you know, because I've missed so many days and I need, um, a job for next year that pays more money and all those kind of things. These are real things, right? Be anxious for nothing. I don't have a place to live. I'm homeless. This is not what's going on with us right this second, but it was going on with us. Maybe it's going on with you. Be anxious for nothing. The verse doesn't say to do nothing about it, but it's addressing our emotions and our mindset that we are not anxious sheep. Would it make any sense for a sheep to be anxious if he has a good shepherd, if she has a good shepherd? No, they don't need to be anxious. Um, In everything by prayer and petition, let your request be made known to God. And there's a promise here. The peace of God, which you won't understand, It won't make sense. It's not like, be anxious for nothing because I'm going to give you exactly what you want. 
Be anxious for nothing because I'm going to fix the problem right now. Be anxious for nothing uh, because if you work up enough faith in your heart, then I'll then I'll hear your prayer. It doesn't say anything like that. It says be anxious for nothing, but come to God and give Him your request. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, you won't understand why you have peace when the storm is still going on around you. peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Anxiety can enter through our heart, through us, uh, just the way that we feel that storm working up, we almost can't help it, it enters our heart. It can also enter our mind by just turning those things around in our mind over and over again, letting those anxious thoughts take root. Now, understand, this is not positive thinking. We're not declaring, life is better, um, I feel better, um, these kind of positive declaration stuff. That's not Christianity. That is just uh, something completely different that's been, unfortunately, infected uh, the way a lot of us think. Um, and I used to fall prey to some of that too, thinking that, I have to sort of muster up faith in my heart. I have to work myself up into a work my faith, uh, you know, frenzy. Um, kind of like you're lathering shampoo or it's not going to work. Um, it's not it. It's totally not it. The peace of God surpasses our understanding and it will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we come to Christ. Um, I don't have to go anywhere else. I don't have to go to saints or um, any other object of faith. Um, there's no, we don't have any lucky, lucky charms or anything like that. We go to God, we give him our request. Nothing weird, nothing mystical, nothing... Uh, there's no five steps to, to peace of mind. Um, none of that stuff. Just real Jesus. I come to, come to my Father. I tell Him what I need and He gives me peace that surpasses all understanding and it guards my heart. Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. It guards my heart and it guards my mind. Romans 12 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I'm asking God, God, help me take my anxiety. Let's just pray that right now. Lord, there are so many things that we can be anxious about. Sometimes there are things that don't make any sense. We can't be talked out of it by reason. We've probably all tried to do that at some point. Lord, just trying to Say, hey, this, this doesn't make sense. Just look on the bright side. But that's not the prescription that you give for anxiety. You tell us to come directly to you, our good shepherd, and to tell you what we need. And you already know what we need before we even ask. But you want us to ask because you're our father. I love it when my children ask me for something that they need and I can give it to them. 
the best of my ability. How much more, Lord, do you give good gifts to your children who ask you? Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be anxious and that when we are anxious, that we would minister to one another by encouraging each other just to stop and pray about it. And Lord, I need to repent of not doing this. Lord, forgive me for trying to um, think my way out of problems. Lord, you do give us a mind to problem solve, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the first thing we should do is to come to you so that you can change our anxiety to peace. Lord, you are such a good God. You take our sin and you give us your righteousness. You lead us in paths of righteousness. Um, Lord, you take our anxiety and you give us peace. You are constantly doing great exchanges in our life. So Lord, let us give you our anxieties today. And Lord, give us peace that passes all understanding. And uh, let's end with the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Thanks for listening. I hope that you have a great day. And we'll see you next time on Pitch and Post.